This is How to Business and Show Business, where we talk about the business of show, the podcast that discusses ways to work smarter, not harder. If you're a performer at the beginning of your career or a student interested in going into the performing arts, this is the podcast for you. For more about the podcast, you can find our website at businessandshowbusiness.com. There you can learn more about the business of performing arts with coursework, videos with shop talk, and interviews with other professional performers. Now here's your host, Corbett. And we're back with part two of our conversation with Annie Schiffman. As always, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that before you come back to part two and we continue on. So listen, just a quick little recap. Annie was telling us about how she personally businesses and show business and what was her saving grace. And as to that, she was saying that you have to be able to think for yourself. You have to be able to think of yourself as the product type and brand. And you have to know when to say no. And she was giving us a lovely book recommendation. As we dive into part two of this conversation, Annie will be telling us about the four pillars of Downstage Media and why she specifically chose to have these four pillars. We also talk about how to make content about your audience and what it is to be a problem solver. People like us do things like this, repurposing it in different ways for different platforms and in different uses. What are the things that your audience believes? So here's part two of that conversation. Um, question, as it pertains to uh, Downstage Media, which is your baby, which is your product and your brand and an extension of you, why did you feel as though uh, these three categories were most important as you were cultivating brand audit, content strategy, and a 90-day campaign and social media management? So I guess that's four yeah. things. Right. So um, when the pandemic hit, it became very clear that it was not sustainable for me to be creating posts all the time for all the clients that I had. Um, I realized that even though I had a lot of tips and tricks and hacks for how I can do put up content fast, I just knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore because it was, um, I just felt like I was always on a hamster wheel. And at the same time, I had clients who were like, we don't have any shows anymore. We don't have any income right now. We can't pay you what you need to be. So I realized that it would be, I was like, okay, what are the most important things that some, that brands need that they can do on their own? So the first was that, was that um, brand audit. So just every six months or so you look at whichever social media platforms you're on and you don't have to be on all of them. Um, whatever social media platforms you're on, just take a look. And I have a checklist that I go through. It's got like three dozen different points for Facebook, for Instagram, for LinkedIn, for your Facebook group, like whatever it is, like a whole bunch of them. And um, this is just a way that you can know that your account is up to date and everything is just sort of, you've got a good solid foundation. And that I thought would be helpful because it's a one-time cost. So instead of people having to pay me recurring, that would just be one thing that they could pay. And I make it a really, really low price point for that reason, because I want to make it easy for people. Then the next thing, a content strategy is important because you want to have an overall idea of the kinds of stuff that you're posting on social media, because especially now when you don't necessarily have shows and you can't snap those pictures of, oh, I'm on my way to the audition or opening night party or first rehearsal, like stuff like that, all those things you would normally have. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you can be putting out there especially because most people don't realize that audiences react and respond to one, 
accounts that are up to date, which the brand audit solves, and two, content that is about them. And in the content strategy, we talk about how you can create content that is about your audience, even if that seems weird for a personal brand. So like what kind of stuff you could be putting out there and how you can, I oftentimes talk about putting it into a stockpile and then having it automatically schedule out for you. So that way it frees up a lot of your time. And then the 90 day campaign is for when people are like, I, I don't want to do all that. I don't know how to do all that stuff. I've got a show opening. It's opening up in a couple of months. I need your help. Please help me. And then that's what that does for you is like, okay, I can make the posts for you. We can figure out how to do some Facebook ads if we're going to do or, or whatever, like social media ads. And, um, you know, let's just bang that out and get that done for, for your big launch, for your big opening, for your big event, whatever it is. So that's why I kind of figured those out. Without giving away too much, um, mm -hmm. how can an actor apply that to them? Right. So, um, so for the, so first of all, I also have this thing where um, I feel like with, I give away a ton of free stuff. I have a Facebook group called Performing Arts Entrepreneurs, where I give away tons of free information all about social media marketing for the performing arts. I feel like when you hire me, you're really hiring me for organization, uh -huh. that I'm giving it to you in a very clear way. I'm handing it to you. I am emailing it to you, like whatever it is, like it is coming to you wrapped up in a little bow. But a lot of this stuff I have out there in other places. So for you to go, you can either go around and catch it or you can have me sending it out to you. So I don't have a hard time with giving anything away for free. Um, the, how you can make content about your audience is you figure out what kind of stuff, like um, I believe. So if you think about in um, Book of Mormon, mm -hmm. how there's that song, I believe, right? And he says all of the different things that he believes, that this happens and this happens and this happens. I am a Mormon and Mormons just believe. You've got to think about your audience and what are those things that they believe? wholeheartedly believe. And then, you know, you can create content that goes towards that. So for example, I know my audience believes in their heart that theater will be back. I know that. So I can create a post that's just a quote that says theater will be back. And I know I'm going to get a bunch of likes and shares on that. Um, I know that I can write, that I can make a video that's 60 seconds long about how theater will be back. And what to look for and what you need to be ready for and what kind of ducks you need to have in a row. And I know that that's gonna go well because my audience believes that. So I have, so you can figure out what does your audience believe, right? So it could be for you that your, um, you know, that, that dancers live, um, you know, that, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I'm trying to think like, what would be something Corbin that might come to mind that you feel your oh for how to how to business and show business. Well, I was actually I, I'll actually give you two. So Good. I know I know on my personal Instagram, uh, I mean I post I post a lot of fluff, but I know what really does well is when people watch my dance videos. Like they love that. And like oh well, post more, post more. And I'm like how much work that takes to go to the studio to go get that film to put that together. And I, and so again to what you're saying, stockpiling, right? Yeah. Now as it pertains to how to business and show business. I, I feel like there's so many layers, but I feel like what, what resonates most well is, uh, I, I remember the, the second video I think I was shared was, uh, if, it, if you wanna be 
if you're a performing arts student or someone who's at the beginning of their career, here are the, like the top eight things you need to consider in your actor's tool belt. And it did really well and people really re resonated well with that. It's like, okay, what made that post stand out as opposed to all the other ones that kind of like, you know, seemingly haphazardly. Right, so I would actually put that, so that would be another category, which is problem solutions, mm. right? So you figure out what are the problems that your audience has and you solve them, yeah. right? So um, that's another one. And, and then a, a, another category that I have, usually the second one that I talk about is um, the idea of people like us do things like this. So, so with dancers, for example, so I have a client who is a dance studio. And so, of course, you guys know this, that um, dancers with all their dance training, ballet dancers especially, will walk turned out, right? Yep. So you can usually <laughs> spot a ballerina or someone with ballet training because they are walking turned out. Apparently also like, I guess with hockey, there's like hockey legs or whatever, but so, we knew that we could absolutely post a picture of a bunch of the dancers in the lobby casually hanging out. And we know, knew that all of their feet were gonna be turned out just naturally. And we could just post a picture of their feet mm -hmm. and that the audience would be like, yep, totally. And so then we got a ton of engagement on that post because they can see themselves. They're like, we are, like we're dancers too. Your audience is that, that kind of a thing. We're dancers too. We're artists too. We're improvisers too, like whatever it is. And we do stuff like that. So even if it's you going along, you could be like, of course, there's no way I am leaving my house without a bottle of water because I always have to have my voice warmed, like, you know, whatever it is, your audience is going to resonate with that. And so they love seeing that. They love seeing themselves. That's what makes them want to share it. That's what makes them want to talk about it. And so I find that is really a helpful way of like get. And so then you create that in a bunch of different formats and then you stockpile it. Yeah. And you have it go out. So for you, Corbin, like you were saying about the eight different things, obviously you turn that into eight different posts. Like you've yeah. got one that's all eight of them and then you have eight different posts and then you make a blog post that's about it and then you make a podcast about it, right. you know, and then you're just repurposing it in different ways. And it basically sounds like we're saying it's just, I mean, it's more work on your end, but having respect for the consumer. So you have to do the groundwork to figure out what will and will not resonate with. That's a lot of work. You could ask them. Yeah, so yeah, True. So for example, like you can definitely send, like if you see that there's people who are oftentimes commenting on your Instagram posts, you can send them DMs and be like, look, I'm trying to make this account as relevant as I can. Can I just have two or three minutes of your time? And you do a Zoom call with them. You find out what do you believe? Mm -hmm. What do you feel like people in our world, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. find all that stuff out. What are the biggest problems you're having? And then you're just going to create content around that. You've already got the information from them. You could even take what they're saying and quote it. Like, you know, if somebody says, like, I believe that the artists are, um, you know, I, I don't understand why the government is, is not um, bailing out artists the same way that they bailed out banks. Great. Boom. That's going to be catnip to some audience. And so, and you know, it's your audience because you asked your audience and your audience told you that. Can you make a post that has that? Yep, you sure can. Right. So, wow. Then you just stockpile that stuff. But this way, because people like stuff that's about them. Right. That's why they go on social media, like to be distracted, to have fun, to see the people they know and the people they like doing stuff that they agree with. Gosh. I mean, that's so spot on. I, you know, and I never would have thought about it in that in depth as what you're saying, but you're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, 
As we close out now, Annie, thank you so much for your time. This was really insightful. And I hope that this resonates with someone. Um, and this is just a wealth of knowledge. So thank you. Absolutely. Um, what would mature you say to younger you at the beginning of your social media journey? Um, stockpile content and focus on your audience. And give them a reason for wanting to check out your show. It's not enough to just say, hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. You guys should listen. But what is going to be on that podcast that is worthwhile? Or why should I go to your show when I could be watching something else or when I could be staying home? Like I always say to producers, like, when you, you're trying to sell tickets to a show, you need to explain to me why I would want to pay to get a babysitter, drive in February when there's possibly going to be a snowstorm, take the train. Like, all, I'm going to go through a lot to get to your show. Why is it worth my coming? So I think if I could attack that stuff right away, right off the bat with the stuff I was doing early on, I would be unstoppable. But no, 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 no. Forget everything I just said. Here's the one thing compile an email list, an email list, mm. not followers. Because I have seen, I have seen Friendster, MySpace, Vine. I have seen TikTok the past few months. It is highly possible it will go away any minute. So you need to be able to build up an audience that you own. You own their information and then you can send out stuff. You are not at the whim of an algorithm or a tech person or the market, you hold on to that email list and then you just keep using it appropriately and you know accordingly to let them know about the different projects you have going on through the rest of your life. Wow, well, spot on. If I Do had you have an email list, Corbin? Uh, I actually just started and my uh, I was I was talking with a girlfriend of mine and uh, she owns a, a voice studio and it's mainly uh, fashioned towards uh, women. And she was telling me, you know, one of the things that you need to do is like, uh, like, what is it? Chimp mail or an email, you know, MailChimp. MailChimp, basically what you're saying. And she go, and she basically said the same thing. You said, what if in the unlikely event, how then would you best get your material out there? And I was like, I had really, and I really, and I really couldn't answer. And she goes, that's where you need to start. And like today, before I eat, before you even get the today. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll get it done. I'll get it done. So that's what yep. I've, that's what I've just started myself. So good, 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 good. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's super important because um, in 2008, Facebook and Instagram com or 2018, they completely changed around their algorithm and mm. all of a sudden just stuff was not getting in front of people anymore. And so all these brands were like freaking out. So um, yeah, hold on to that email list. So start building it now, start building that email list now. If I had a magic wand that could grant you anything, what would it be? Wait, if you had a magic wand that could grant me anything, what would it be? What would it be? Um, Childcare. <laughs> <laughs> That's Child by far care. the best one yet. By far the best one. <laughs> well, because I mean, I, I, someone had asked me this and it was the most mundane thing. And, and she asked me, what do you wish you had more of? I said time. 
And she, and she goes, why? And I said, well, I feel like I'm ne I never have enough time. And she goes, but we all have the same 24 hours in the day. And to which then she said to me, and I'm sending you this in, in my blog post to you. Um, we always come the age old saying, I, I never have enough time. I never have enough time. Well, 2020 Rona gave us time. What did you do with it? I was like, oh my God, you're right. You're right. So there's your gift. You just had well, your wish granted to you. The only thing is some people got time. Yeah. Some people got to homeschool their children, which yeah. is why I go back to the child care situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because I mean, the first few months of, uh, of the pandemic were, com I had to mute so many people on Twitter who were like, oh, I'm so bored. I'm here all the time. I'm like, who's bored? How are you bored? I'm, I'm like running a freaking school now and trying to run a company and trying to stay afloat like that. Who's bored? Like I was like losing my mind. Um, but so some people, some people got times, but, but on the flip side, I just started waking up every morning at five 30 and I just started taking all those online classes, all those things. I just started like learning and reading constantly and constantly in the mornings. I just figured out the time that I could make it work. Yeah. And, and, and maybe this is, I don't want to say it's a sacrifice, but if, and she said, and she said this to me, she said, if you know that you don't have enough time today, what could you adjust in your schedule to make that happen? If that's you waking up earlier to get a, a head start on your day to a lot time for um, personal, personal you time or to get a head start, like whatever that may be. And I was like, wow, I never really thought about that. But like, it's not a sacrifice when it's going to get you to where you want to go or uh, help you achieve the things you want to achieve. And I was like, wow, you're not wrong. That's actually really spot on. That's to be a quote. She's so, a good friend. She goes, I'll, I think I'll keep her around. Um, I have to, she's my sister. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, last two questions, professional and private, what does the future look like for you going forward? Professionally, I am opening up into more segments. So I am, I'm spearheading a project called Profitable Improv, which is all about paying performers, paying actors. So that way the improv community is not necessarily one that's only for the privileged. Um, so I am starting that. Uh, that's profitableimprov.com. I am working with, I can't totally say it all right now, but a whole bunch of Tony nominees and Tony winners mm. because we want to help artists in New York City stay in their homes. Mm. So we are um, creating a fund so that way we can start giving artists money so that way they can stay in New York City. So when theater does open up, we have some people to put on those stages and put backstage and show people to their seats and all that stuff. And um, personally, I am just looking to reconnect with my friends because yeah we've been so estranged and um, I've been so focused on so much stuff with my business that um, I, one of the things I cherish the most about the past few months is I've recently reconnected with my NYU friends and we have a zoom call every couple of weeks. And I'm very happy when I'm doing that. And I want to be doing more of that professional or personally. So I've made a point that like once a month I schedule a like soul fulfilling phone call with a friend, which I know it sounds dumb to schedule it, but if no, I don't schedule it, then it won't. It's happen. a must. It's a must. And also 
you know, and, and to that point, I was talking with a friend and he said, you know, what I found most interesting after the Spanish influenza was the 20s and why the 20s was the 20s and everyone, because we were so cooped up, well, they, not us, they were so cooped up those two, three years, not having anything to do. And then the bust the that came through. So he goes, I'd be curious to see what our roaring 20s looks like. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Because again, like to what you just said, we've all been separated for a year, if not longer, not being able to see our family, friends, and loved ones. And then just how much people forgot that they needed the arts as just as a profession, as an example. And so then there'll be that need and that hunger to come back to those social events and gathering. I was like, you're not wrong. My gosh. Last question. Where can the people find you on social media? So the best place to start is always downstage.media. That's my website actually. So I say to start there. And the best place to find me right now is Twitter, which is at Annie Schiff. Um, you can't, I can't fit all of Annie Schiffman. They don't let you. Um, so at Annie Schiff on Twitter. And um, so yeah, started downstage.media and um, reach out to me at Annie Schiff. And I would love to extend an invitation to all of your listeners to please join the Performing Arts Entrepreneurs Facebook group. So it is a Facebook group where I'm giving away tons of content all the time for free. People are sharing what's working for them, what's not working for them. We're sharing viral posts so we can help make posts go viral for people. Like all this kind of stuff is happening there. It is um, a labor of love that I'm happy to do for the community. So the Performing Arts Entrepreneurs Facebook group is a place where you'll find me a lot. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and be sure to share with your friends. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on next week's episode of How to Business in Show Business.